0: Hey, this is Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour, and you are listening to Labrador Leadership with Bob Nolly. Oh, that was great. Live from the RVA, this
1: is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now,
0: here's Bob. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've done it. You've done it. You've done it. You found your way back to the porch. Welcome back to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. I'm Dr. Bob Nolley. I'm so glad you're here. The heat of the summer. It's brutal. I hate i hate doing that. I'm sorry. Why do I start talking about the weather? That's just crazy. It's crazy. Because we have company tonight. Oh, my goodness. We have company. A good friend of mine and a leadership freak in her own right is here to talk shop with me today. Please welcome to the program Megan Morris. Megan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Bob? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm so glad you consented to come on the program. We, uh, we've we known each other only for a short while, and we kind of bumped into each other through a contact, which would be my wife, of course, because <laughs> you all have worked together. But you and I had a couple of great uh, conversations around the leadership concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what brought you here, other than a chance at stardom, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you're, you're a millennial, you're a Gen Yer. Uh, what does what the leadership concept just generally look like from your perspective, personally, not speaking for your whole generation, but, you know, how did you become interested in it?
1: Um, I've always been a leader ever since I was a kid, whether I knew it or not. I always kind of took the initiative, um, and I liked being a role model for others. Um, okay, and then, so if you
0: were that young, you know what was the what was the youngest thing you remember doing?
1: I don't know. I mean i I was always wanted to be like the leader, like the head of whatever. I always planned all of um, my friends' get-togethers, whether it was dinner at the Olive Garden or a sleepover. <laughs> I was always the one planning that sort of thing
0: and what happens is over the long run that all of a sudden all the heads turn to you when something needs to get done right yep (laughs) there it is
1: yep they're like megan when are we going to be doing something again so from a young age i always kind of took on that role um and then and when you got into middle school and junior high and high school, you started having um, you know, student government and the elections and getting involved. And of course, I wanted a leadership position. So I always ran for those sorts of things. And I was president of um, student government in eighth grade and for the junior high. And um, when I got into college, I was on a bunch of e-boards and always really involved and liked to have my hands in things and get things done. So
0: what are those things called? They, they may not do it anymore. It was always kind of hokey. Where in the yearbook, they put down what you're supposed to be. superlative senior superlative. Yeah. Most likely. You <laughs> didn't have those. You remember? Okay, good, good.
1: I was so sad we didn't have those. My school was so
0: big, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would you, have been at the top of the stack. I don't. They didn't <laughs> have them in my yearbook either. And it's probably a good thing for me because... Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, so when you uh when you went off to school you were at Syracuse? No,
1: I was at Ithaca College. At Ithaca. I'm from okay, Syrac- excuse
0: me. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So what was like life at Ithaca like?
1: So it was very different from my high school. So my high school was really big. I graduated with 750 kids. So I was a small fish in a big pond, you would say. And then when I got to college, I was more of a big fish in a small pond. Um, Ithaca is only about 600 undergrad or 6,000, excuse me, 6,000 undergrad. Um, Well, that's a
0: crowd. That's a crowd, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, compared, though, to some of the larger schools, you know, when you have like 30,000 kids coming in. um, But. I was in classes with 15 kids versus all, all going through grade school. I had 30 plus kids. So it was super different, but it gave me a lot of opportunity to take on a lot of leadership roles early in school. Yeah, I could, I could see super that. I could
0: see that. Yeah. So what did you um, end up majoring in?
1: So it's funny, I came in as an advertising major, and then after my first semester, I was like, this isn't for me, and I switched to communication management and design. And when I first explained it to my parents, they're like, party planning? Because I said that I took an event planning course. I'm like, no, 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 no. I took um, classes in leadership, uh, conflict management, um, event management. We also took classes in um, instructional design and all sorts of things. I took a class in PowerPoint. So um, it laid the basis for you know, just how to be a functional human in the workplace.
0: Yeah, that, um, that attracted me very early. The, the the folks that listen know that, you know, I got a job driving buses. And then, you know, after doing that for six months, I was running the bus system. And I had, yeah. you know, drivers and and all sorts of people working for me. So I just kind of gravitated toward that as well. It's really interesting. I think it's kind of relationship driven, not the big R relationship driven, but that you're comfortable in your own skin and you can make good things happen just through your relationships with other people. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I just wrote a piece, a short piece, like three hundred words, that I put up on LinkedIn, and I asked the question: Is leadership dead? Is is the word just gotten too heavy? Is it? Does mm-hmm. it mean oh, you're in the top of the org chart, or you're uh, you're having to lead a tribe somewhere? Or, you know, but I talk about leadership from the life perspective as well. Is leadership that word? you know, too heavy for the Gen Xers and Gen Yers?
1: Um, I think it depends on your personality. Uh, I'm very type A and extroverted. So um, I like to be out in the spotlight and I'm, you know, I like to be around people. And I think a lot of times people look to people like me that are very outgoing and like to be out and about um, as the leaders um, and I think the folks that are a little more introverted um, shy away from it because of that. Um, and I noticed that a lot in college. Uh, I actually did a project. Have you heard of the um, the marshmallow challenge where you're given spaghetti sticks and oh, yeah. string Go ahead, Go ahead and tape. describe it. Go ahead. Yeah, so you're given um, like spaghetti and string and tape, and you have to build a structure um, and put a marshmallow on top. And whoever has the largest stru- or the tallest structure that Supports the marshmallow, wins at the end. So we put a little spin on it. We had um, folks take um, an abbreviated Myers-Briggs test. And then what we did was we um, gave the people that had more of the extroverted tendencies stickers um, after we put them into groups. And we told those folks that they could not talk during (laughs) the exercise. So for 20 minutes, these really extroverted folks who usually take on the leadership roles in groups could not say a word. And it was all on the folks that tend to be more introverted to lead the group. And it was really interesting because you saw those folks that had to lead their eyes just like bug open and, you know, deer in the headlights, like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what to do. Um, and so I think a lot of times people in my generation see the folks that are more extroverted as the ones that are going to be the leaders just because they make themselves more vocal um and more present and like make other people more aware of them than others not to say that folks that are more introverted can't but i think it's just how we've grown up and it's you know
0: so are you uh, what know. is your mbti type
1: um i know it's funny you ask that i'll have to look it up i always forget what it is i mean i'm i'm all of my scores are very one-sided. So when I tell you what it is, I mean you could probably tell me.
0: No, oh, I'll um, look it up. We've talked about MBTI a lot here, and we yeah. also talk about the introverts and how tough it is for the introverts to lead as well. I'm, um, you know, I'm I'm an E, but I'm just a borderline E on a normalized scale of one to a hundred. I'm like just a five E. Uh-huh. Lots of times now, my whole life, not just as I've gotten older, I, I come when it comes time to rewind and relax. I do kind of would like to curl up with a book. But but as but my wife says all the time, you still got a little party left in you, don't you? Because, you know, and some Friday night, somebody calls and said, there's a band playing here. I'm going, let's go. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm there. <laughs> I, w- I want to be out in the middle of it. So that's Yeah, it and say. I found
1: it. So I am ENFJ, and I am 91% E, 71% wow. N, wow. Uh, 71% F, and 71 percent j that's so a big number. I'm a 94
0: one-sided. on the j i'm also an enfj yeah <laughs> an enfj and they say you never change but that's I, I don't agree with that because often you do i was an e, an entj mm-hmm. when i was in the corporate world when i moved to education and did the whole doctoral thing i was in it became an enfj which is kind of interesting yeah i could see that very easily wow so what on the job front are you working now Yes. What are you doing?
1: So I am an organizational change management consultant. Well, that doesn't fit, does it? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I work with people all day long. So it's perfect job for me.
0: So are you work? You don't have to identify them. But are you working with a company as an employer? Are you contracting or what are you doing?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I work for an IT consulting company, um, and I contract with other businesses and help them through change, either organizational changes or implementing different systems.
0: Wow. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, being a contractor, is that often tough?
1: Yeah, because um, a lot of times it's, it's funny, like your badge is a different color. Right. So yeah, just from uh-huh. the get go, like people know that you're a contractor and in some organizations you're seen as a threat because you're going to take you could take their job um, and you're just an outsider. I've been with my current client for three years now. And so I've become more like an employee. I'm trusted like that. But it took a long time to get there. You know, you really had to. You have to build, earn
0: that. You have to earn. Yes, it. Yeah.
1: And you have to build those personal relationships with people. And yeah. it takes a long time.
0: So uh, you and I were reading over this article here and it's on leadership, and it's something we plucked out of uh, Smart brief but it's a piece of work by a big leadership name from MIT, Edgar Shane. He's from the Sloan School at MIT, which is no slouch of an organization itself. And, and the headline kind of uh, struck me as timely here and something we could talk about. It says, challenge the assumption that professional distance, in quotes, professional distance is a good thing. And in classic leadership and management, you go. There must be a professional distance. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about you know management as opposed to leadership, there has to be professional distance. Uh, and I guess there does, but I kind of feel that shrinking. That the appropriateness, you know, the margin, re- the margin required is getting smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think?
1: I think one of the biggest things is you know, the profession, I mean, you have to keep things professional to an extent, but I think more so it's the respect. So, um, I'm trying to figure out how to put this into words. Um, I think it's important for leaders to be close to their people, but then also, you know, maintaining that respect, you know, just because you're getting closer shouldn't mean that respect should go down as well. Um, if that makes sense. Um, And I like this article because I think, you know, at the end of the day, we're all people, right? Like, you know, there might be people above you at higher pay grades and, um, they have a little more power, but we're people at the end of the day and we should be treated like people. And, we're all, at the end of the day, working towards the same cause. We're all on the same team, you know, for the most part when you're in a business, right? And so I really like that this article um, talks about, you know, understanding that, hey, like, you should get to know, like, the people that you lead um, and make those relationships because that trust is going to go a long way in the long run. Um, and these people are going to want you to succeed. Um, so,
0: Yeah, the lead but, this article starts to, uh, talk. you know, it talks about... He talks about the White House and their style of leadership and the flip-flopping, deceiving, and all that. But the point he gets around, and you know, we don't get too political here, so I'm not going to now. But he kind of characterizes the current administration's leadership as the I-alone hero theory mm-hmm. that assumes whatever, whatever the leader says must be true, mm-hmm. at least right then in the moment, because he said it. And it's almost like, say it, and it's fact.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that just that's not going to get a lot of people motivated, I don't think.
1: Now, yeah, and it's kind of timely um this article because my client actually said last week, you know, I'm not the smartest person in the room. You guys know the answers. Um and I really liked that. It was really humbling.
0: Yeah, the um, uh, the in the uh in the contracting world, you go in and you feel like you know, as I know you've heard me and others say, you're a guest in that house. Uh-huh. And that kind of puts a little a little harness on you to not lead forward as quickly as you might otherwise and go, Hey, you guys are wrong here. Right. Think about this. Yeah. But once you establish, you know, that, that credibility that you mentioned to can I'm sorry, I jumped on you. Go ahead.
1: No, you're fine. I mean, no, and it, yeah, you need to build that credibility. And, um, I, I've noticed that when I am more comfortable with a person with, with someone that, you know, is my leader, Um, I'm more apt to suggest different options or opinions or express my feelings quicker um, than if I'm with someone that I don't trust or I'm not comfortable with. Um, Because I I think it's just once you know someone more personally, you're able to open up and they realize that you're coming from a good place. Um, So you may be like, for example, in the workplace, you may disagree with your leader, but I think they have a better understanding that you know you're coming from a great place and that you want them to succeed versus if it is more of a cold relationship, you don't really understand that layer.
0: I locked up a whole thread on, uh, on LinkedIn about four or five years ago when somebody just asked the straightforward question, what do you think the most important leadership trait is? Mm-hmm. And everybody's going uh, drive to results, skill management, uh, you know, control. But, and I just went empathy. Mm -hmm. and then the thread went quiet for like a day or two (laughs) and then people went back what are you talking about are you nuts no i agree no i'm not nuts so shine comes up with this whole concept of humble leadership where he says it's get to know your people acknowledge your dependence on them Mm -hmm. and build an effective group with them and better decisions follow i want to say that one more time better decisions follow has that been your experience
1: yeah. I mean, I, I, whenever I find myself as a leader, I am always so thankful and grateful to everyone else that everyone else that's helping me out. And when I am in their position and having, you know, someone above me leading, I appreciate and respect my leader so much more when they acknowledge and thank me for the work that I'm doing. And, re, you know, and they kind of accept, hey, like, you know, you will, did as much work as I did or you really helped me in this part and it makes me want them to succeed and it makes me want to help them more when there is that level of respect and I feel like sometimes you're you find yourself in a thankless role um and you're just kind of overlooked by your leader and I feel like in those cases why would I want that person to succeed yeah, that's, you that's, know, that's like, a, have yeah, more respect. yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Nobody these days, I mean, it used to be more acceptable, I guess, but nobody these days responds very well to because I said so. Right. I mean, there's only one time that that's really appropriate, and that's in crisis mode. Mm-hmm. You know, when, I, I can't listen to you now. The house is on fire because I said so. Get out. Right. Yeah. But to be able to, to have that kind of relationship, and And to you know, build that effectiveness with them is really is really a talent and And part of it is when they're saying when they're talking about something that's a joy in their life or something that's troubling them, just listen and acknowledge, and don't be quick to jump in there and go, "Yeah, me too. Here's my mm-hmm. story about that." I mean, you can work that in, but you just want to listen to what they have to say and empathize with them. Right. Humble leadership—it's yeah. a good thing. Focus on building relationships to ensure that your direct reports and the people below them will feel psychologically safe. Mm-hmm. Coach your direct reports to build personal relationships with their direct reports. One of the greatest things I like to do, and I always encourage people to work for me to do, I went go out to your team late in the day, go pull an empty chair from the cube next to where they are, just spinning around and go, "How you doing?" And once, you know, people get over the, the shakes and go, oh my gosh, I'm in trouble. No, just how are you doing? What's going on?
1: Yeah, it's, I think it's huge. I mean, again, you're going to have more respect for that person at the end of the day and you want to succeed and you're just happy. I mean, if you're, in a, if you're happy at work, of course, you're going to do better work than if you're miserable.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And then, you, you know, if you have to lead them to water and make them drink, you can ask them, uh, so what are you working on now? I'm working mm-hmm. on this project that, that I'm responsible for. This are there any potholes in the way that I can help you step around? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm having trouble, and then you're having the kind of conversation you want. Yeah, you express appreciation for that. That's hard to do, and we don't do it as a society. We don't do it well enough at all. There was a piece on uh, NPR uh, about 18 months ago talking about we no longer we talk about innovation but we don't invest in the innovation of our employees. And it's conversations just like that that get it done. What yeah. else in the article struck you? Um, I, I mean, I just
1: like the whole thing. It's I, I, I felt like I was reading about how I lead. I, I always tell myself, like, never be that person that doesn't think – the other people that are helping me, you know, like, I mean, a leader isn't a leader unless I have people following them. Um, and I don't know, I just, I really liked, I've never read an article like this before. Um, but it also did, it reminded me in college, um, I took a class on leadership and we talked about, um, different types of leadership, one being, being a transformative leader. And I really, and I mean, I think this is, a hum humble leadership, I think, is another another way of saying transformative leadership, and that you know it's very people oriented.
0: Yeah, the leadership uh. theory and models just keep getting churned, and that's a good thing because that means we keep talking about them. Yeah. But transformational leadership is clearly one that's stuck, and lots mm-hmm. of things have you know fallen off of it, and humble leadership is one of them, and many others as well. Uh, so looking backwards over your you know brief career so far i mean you know what don't name names i'm not either yeah uh, what was the what's the worst boss you ever had what was what was the uh what was the the knife in the back for them what couldn't you just put up with
1: honestly it's the the, the boss that does not thank you for or acknowledge that you're doing a great job. I mean, I don't need like a pet on the back every day, but just every once in a while, a thank you. And, um, the boss that says, I need this now. Um, I think there's like always a kinder way, a more humble way of saying that. Again, it's a person on the other end, not a resource. And being called a resource in the past is not a really great feeling because at the end of the day, like I kept, keep saying, you're a person. And I'm sure you, I mean, you have done contract work too, and I'm sure you've probably had that same um Experience of being called a resource versus being considered a person.
0: It depends on the organization. I've I've been in places where you are, you know, virtually a full-time employee and a member of the tribe in Uh every way they can possibly include you that they're allowed to blah blah blah, and other places where it's it's tougher. Mm -hmm. It's tougher.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, having a boss that just is interested in you and like invested in your um, success as much as I'm invested in theirs is like the best relationship. Um, and I have that right now. I feel like with, with my current situation and it's awesome.
0: Sweet. I hope a lot of people listening can say that as well. All (laughs) right, let's, let's talk about the other end of the line then. What the best boss you ever had, whether it's the current one or, or somebody else in the Mm -hmm. recent past, you know, what has been the golden thing for them?
1: Um, someone that just, I mean, they trust you. Um, they'll listen to what you have to say and you have, um, a conversation, right? It's not, they're, they're going to listen to what you have to say, um, and your suggestions on, you know, what the next step is to solve X, Y, and Z problem and actually going and having a dialogue versus just shutting down. Um, and again, I think this article talks about that, you know, trusting your people and listening to what your people have to say and using them as a resource, um, And I've had that experience, and I think it's great because I think both sides of the party um, learn from each other um, and succeed.
0: So, Shine, the last word here says, challenge the assumption that professional relationships, excuse me, I'm going to do that again. (laughs) Challenge the assumption that professional distance is a good thing. We know how to manage closeness and space with our friends and relatives. Bring mm-hmm. that knowledge, bring that skill that we develop starting early in our childhood with you to work every day. Humble mm-hmm. leadership means that you consciously bring personalization into the workplace. Try it and see how others around you respond. Good advice, mm-hmm.
1: no? No, I agree. And I th- I think the one caveat, though, is, is that you know, now and nowadays in the workplaces, especially in mine, um, it's a lot more casual. Um, and in my experience, I'm starting to see that people do have closer relationships. So it's, I, I think it's totally fine to personalize the workplace, but still, you know, keep a level of respect and realizing, hey, this is the workplace. This isn't, you know, the local bar or whatever. Because sometimes you see it go that far. Um, and I think my generation might struggle at times with that distinction, Um, I think, because we're, we're, we're in the middle of this transition. Most of the folks that we work with have you know this past life where they had to wear the suit and tie every day and they're learning how to wear jeans that
0: was terrible right yeah i've
1: never had to i mean when i when i um graduated college i bought two blazers have i touched those two blazers (laughs) in the last three and a half years no still in the dry cleaning bag yep yeah like i don't have to dress up so um it's a very different work world than what i had grown up expecting to be in um so that's the biggest thing, you know, it's knowing, I think the most important skill you can have these days in the workplace is knowing how to be personal, like this article says, but at the same time, maintaining that respect and acknowledging this is a professional workplace. And I think once you strike that balance, you're, you're golden.
0: Megan Morris will let that be the last word. Hey, guess what? You're now a regular here. This means you can come <laughs> back any time. Awesome. I'm yeah, happy to come, come back. Anytime. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh Thanks people want to reach out to you in the uh in the intranet world. Where uh, where can they find you?
1: Um you can find me on LinkedIn. Um what is my name on LinkedIn? It's Megan E. Morris on LinkedIn.
0: Link up in the show next there as well. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Labrador Leadership with Megan Morris today. This is Dr. Bob Nolly. Take care of each other. See you next time. Thanks
1: for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob.
0: Many thanks to Megan Morris for being here tonight. Uh, Please reach out to her and let her know what you thought. Hope she comes back again. Here's what I want you to do. Go to the labradorleadership.com website and click on the button that will get you my free mp3 on the leadership secret. It, It will change your life. All right, everybody. Take care of one another. See you next time.